Today I want to talk about the anointing within. The reason is that I'm noticing during this time here lockdown, because we are all locked in coma higher, even if we go around and people are by themselves, there's been a huge proliferation of all kinds of belief systems. Things that are being branded around, paraded, and even God's children seem to be getting confused these days about our belief system. And around the world, when we go through moments like this, people, they start mixing things up. You know, when it comes to our faith and what the Bible teaches, there's no ambiguity in God's word about things. God is very clear. There's clarity who God is. There's clarity in how to worship God. There's clarity in terms of what the Holy Spirit is. There's no ambiguity at all. However, we're living in a time when people would love to almost act like yonkin toyafana. Everything is the same. There's no difference. It's just different routes to get to the same destination. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And this morning, I'd love to teach on that so that we can be aware. When we talk about the anointing, or what the Bible calls the unction, the Bible talks about the anointing in many different ways. There is what we call the anointing upon, like what we find in Luke 4, 18 and 19. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty the oppressed, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This anointing upon is always for purpose. It's, a, it's like somebody said, is the unction to function. For those of you who like things that are rhyming. It's the presence upon empowering you to fulfill purpose. So it's the anointing upon. All right? So this anointing upon is to empower you to fulfill God's destiny. Also, we read, secondly, the second purpose of the anointing is that the purpose of the anointing is to break yokes and destroy burdens. All right? Isaiah 10, 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. This is a picture of oxen that have been yoked and that's controlled by their movement is controlled. So meaning that the anointing breaks the control of, Satan's, of Satan over our lives. So the anointing does bring liberty. You know, it's the anointing that empowers us to do what we do. In the Old Testament, when you read, you note that when the anointing came upon certain people, they were different. I mean, even God spoke to uh, Saul and said, when the spirit comes on you, you'll be turned into another man. It is through the ability of the anointing that you can operate at a different dimension from your natural self. We see in uh, uh, the case of Samson how he became very strong. We see in the case of Elijah how he outran the king's horses. We saw in the New Testament how the anointing healed the woman with the issue of blood. 
We saw as well how the Bible tells us that Peter's shadow uh, healed people, or the handkerchiefs and aprons from Paul healed people. All these supernatural experiences came upon people and happened through people because of the anointing. But then we note that Jesus also told us that the anointing will work as we go preaching the word. And this is why we want to gather like this. Because as we preach God's word, it's not just the words that are going out, it's the anointing that is being released. Can I hear an amen? Look at your neighbor who's not saying amen. It doesn't matter what the anointing does, you won't even say anything. So the anointing works with the word of God. In Mark 16, Jesus tells them in verse 15 to go into all the world. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and be baptized will be saved. He who believes not will be condemned. And then he says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Verse 19 says, after that he had spoken, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Now note verse 20. And they went out. Preaching everywhere. They did what he told them. They went out preaching everywhere. Note what it says. It says, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So as you go out and preach the gospel, the anointing is there to, to confirm what is preached. As long as it's the gospel. Because <laughs> then the anointing is not going to confirm anything. Can we hear a good amen? So this is important. So, see, the anointing, therefore, it's very, very important. God works with the anointing. God works with the word, right? If there's no foundation of the word of God in our life, God doesn't have much to work with. Now, all of that is the anointing upon, the anointing through whatever. But one of the major areas that seems not to be talked much about, particularly in the lives of the believer, is the anointing inside the believer. What I want to call the anointing within the believer. 1 John 2, verse 20 and 21, please. If you can turn there with me. 1 John 2, 20 and 21. It reads, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Wow. It says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and it's no lie. Verse 27. Verse 26, rather. It says, these things I've written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. We'll come to all that. Verse 27, main verse. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Underline that. Or mark it. I don't know. If you have an e-book, whatever, or an e-Bible, you know, everything is e today. E-amen, e-hallelujah. All right. So just mark it or whatever you want to do. It says, but the anointing which you have received from him, note that, abides in you. And note, and you do not need that anyone teach you. Now I'm going to qualify that. But the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and it's true and it's not lie. And just it has taught you, that anointing, just as it has taught you to abide in him. Underline that. E underline. 
All right, underline that. Now, let me qualify a few things. This verse doesn't mean because of that anointing within, we don't need teaching. That would be contradictory to what we see in the Bible, Jesus preaching and teaching, the apostles preaching and teaching. It would be contradictory to Ephesians 4, where it says God gave gifts, and among the gifts God gave is the gift of a teacher. All right? Now, it doesn't mean we don't need teaching, but what it means is that there are certain things that the anointing will teach you about. And I'm going to explain that. There are things that it will teach you about. And the main focus of this anointing in teaching you is to teach you to abide in Christ. The purpose of this anointing is that you shouldn't steer away from the truth and the foundations of Scripture. I'm concerned to see the way people are moving away from the teachings of Scripture. And people make statements that you don't find in the Bible. There are things that are popular, that are said, that are done, that people are following. And when you read the Bible, they are not here. And if they were to listen to the anointing, the anointing would tell you, no, and the purpose of the anointing is to teach us to abide in him. Can I hear a good amen? Can I hear a good amen? So it says, we have the unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And in verse 26, it says, I've written to you concerning those who want to seduce you. One translation says, to deceive you. In other words, he's saying, there are people who want to tempt you into wrongdoing. They want to persuade you to do wrong and to lead you away from the fundamentals of Scripture. They want to lead you away from the virtues of Scripture and lead you astray. But the purpose of the anointing is that this anointing will teach you, it will show you no more. That anointing will, will bring you back. It's almost like when you take your car in, you know, go for wheel alignment. You know, you know a car, unfortunately, you know, you get into potholes and all that. So what happens? It's out of alignment. So you find you're driving a car, you're trying to go this way, Mariana is going this way, or the tire is no longer straight. It's, it's a marker side. So you must take it in for alignment. So what do they do? They put it in the machines to align it. See, we have a spiritual you there was a spiritual alignment where we we will come to alignment because if we don't come into alignment what Paul calls another gospel that is not the real gospel it's not the fundamental gospel can I hear an amen so the, the purpose of the anointing is to teach us to abide in Christ the word abide means to stay it talks about giving a place. That word to abide tells us that we endure, we remain, we stand, we tarry. This anointing abides in us and teaches us to abide in Christ. So this kind of anointing, not like the anointing upon, the anointing upon would come and go. The anointing upon can become stronger or lesser. But this anointing abides. This anointing stays. This anointing is always there all the time, 24-7. And this one can't be more or less. It's always there. Mara. 
depending on how you develop sensitivity to responding to it, you become more aware of it. Mara, if you ignore this anointing, you become callous towards hearing it. It's not a matter that it's not also, it's not talking anymore. It's that, that it's talking, but you can't hear anymore. Are you there, Basalan? Can I hear a good amen? So this anointing, unlike the anointing that's upon, it's not irregular. It stays on us. And the purpose of this anointing, as I said, is to teach us to stay permanently in relationship with Christ. So, so to abide in Christ means to grow in your knowledge of Christ. Not just head knowledge, but in you experiencing the reality of the born-again life. You can't claim to be a Christian and still practice certain things. You should be coming, becoming more like Christ. We have to be more like Christ. So the anointing here teaches us to grow in Christ in our knowledge through knowing, but not, it's not teaching us just to know Christ in a vacuum. It teaches us to know Christ through knowing God's word. It illuminates the word of God to us. In other words, this anointing teaches us how to use God's word such that our lives are transformed, as Romans 12, 1 says, through the renewing of the mind. So the primary purpose of the spirit within us is to open up God's word to us and teach us the truth like I was talking about the spirit of revelation during the week. And it helps us to know the truth as opposed to error. Now remember, where it starts, John says to these believers, I wrote to you because of the false teaching that's going around. I wrote to you because of the teachings that are anti-Christ. And I'm encouraging you to hold on to the teachings that you heard before. Because there are people here who are trying to seduce you. They're trying to deceive you. They're trying to make you go astray. They're trying to make you wonder. They're making you, if Christ is the only one you need. How need he help? How need he extra? You don't need to add to Christ. They are asking you, Kimona, you are following Christ, you are going to church, but your family members have passed on. Do you think Christ is enough? They are asking you, Kimona, Rumzalwana, Mara, you also have been retrenched like me. You've lost your job like me. Lua, and now you became positive, got COVID, just like me. Is this Christ of yours enough? And people get seduced and people get sidetracked and they start adding other things to Christ. This anointing teaches us to say, Jesu Fela. It teaches us to abide. The word abide, I'm not a visitor. That's what this anointing is teaching me. This anointing teaches me to pray even when my faith doesn't make sense. To pray even when circumstances don't make sense. To pray even when my heart is wounded. To pray even if I feel like God didn't answer. 
There are teachings that are floating around and their purpose is to move us away from Christ and get us to be seduced. How does anointing work in our lives? Let me show you quickly. Number one, it will teach you the difference between truth and error. By signaling on the inside of you when error is taught. I'll give you an example, Barcelona, because this struck me when I was a young Christian. You know, I got born again, and by God's grace, I'm thankful to God that this past Thursday, the 5th of August, I was celebrating my spiritual birthday because I got born again the 5th of August, 1978. And I've been a Christian now how many years? 43 years, by God's grace. But I remember as a young Christian, you know, sometimes when you, when you get saved and you find people who've been saved before you, you know, you, you, you kind of assume that everything they do and say is correct. Oh, come on now. Somebody say amen. So I was in that situation as well, you see. There was this person who was saved before me, but this guy was full of four-letter words. You know what four-letter words is? Yeah. And cause jokes. Cause jokes. So, because you're a young Christian, you know, when he cracked his cause jokes, everybody laughs. So, Angetimanje, you are young in the Lord. you don't know. You understand? So now we are like, I'm a man, Kega. But come and turn up. I'll pass along a lala nebo. First, I shouldn't say into, but go no moon to nap. Something, there was a certain discomfort. This guy, they got Joel, a man. Latula, ya no. He used to move from one woman, one girl to another. Even had sex out of marriage. As a regular thing. Galbana, Latula, ya no. See, these are things that our world is normalizing. And when you see older Christians doing it, and you're a young Christian, you can easily think maybe this is how you live. Mara, when you go into it somehow, there's anointing within. There's anointing within. No uncomfortable. That's the purpose of the anointing within. The Holy Spirit in John 16:13 is called the Spirit of Truth. Jesus says, however, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit will always guide you to the truth of God's word. He will never guide you anywhere else but in line with God's word. And it, it's, it's a concerning thing when people do things in the name of being led by the Spirit. Marmau Pega, it's not in the Bible what they're doing. Or it contradicts the teaching of God's word. I think you're the right people for this service. They went to Langa Corner. So it's called the Spirit of Truth. So this verse is telling us when people are trying to seduce us, the Holy Spirit in you, on the anointing in you, will teach you what is wrong. I must say this, Bazalana, it's important I illustrate it. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1979, and I was really hungry for God. Still am. You know, and I was really hungry. I wanted to know more about God. So, you know, everything that had to do with church, God, whatever you see there, you go there. Not a good idea. <laughs> and I went to this service, and I won't go into details because I want to talk about the principle. And these people would do services from place to place going around. And I remember this elderly preacher who came up to preach. And he would preach, pray for people. People would get healed. But somewhere, because And I remember he would claim he went to the U.S., and he would come with dollars. I mean, those days, I mean, 1979, you must remember. I mean, America was there. So he, he's from America, and when people come and give, he's going to give them a dollar, but he's going to bless that dollar. Or ten dollars, I guess it was. And that ten dollars, they have to keep it in their home for blessings. And you know, it's funny. It's, it's all church talk. It's got God and the anointing and everything but the practice. It's not in the Bible. And, and you know, people would give, and what broke my heart, you'd see elderly people bringing their money. And I mean, this guy used to know how to receive offering. Hey! Yep. And then he would start praying for people. And then he had an interpreter who I think, and I, I'd been so many times to these services where the same pattern was there. He would preach and preach. And then at a point, I touch at this interpreter at a point. Next thing, this interpreter. So it, it was staged. You could see. Now, you must remember, I'm a young Christian at that time. I, I, I don't want to think like that. Mara, I'm not comfortable with what I'm seeing. I'm afraid to say anything. And, and even now, I'm just saying it to you straight. And you don't know what I'm talking about. Because this is 1979. You'll never know what I'm talking about. Because I'm not talking about the people, I'm talking about the principle. It's very important. Very important. And then, but the, this, this touching of this interpreter, as people were giving the offering, he would be speaking and preaching, and then they would touch the interpreter, and the interpreter would just go, 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 bang on the floor. And then this, this minister would jump up and say, new power. New power. Bring more money. Yes. I'm telling you about things that scarred me. Things that scarred me. And I'd watch this as an 18 year old. And I'd think, and I'd want to go take money because Linda, I need more money. 
But I didn't have much money as an 18-year-old. But I watched this. And I wonder, whoa, this thing. You know what's funny? Over the years, it was revealed what was going on. Yeah. Because I tell you one thing, these things will be revealed one day. Yeah, no. Oh, don't think you'll get away with it. No. Uh, God is God, eh? Yeah, the truth will stand on the mountaintop and tell us without your permission. It's only years later when I saw that it was wrong, then I remembered the scripture. No wonder. In here. I wasn't comfortable. Even if this person is a preacher, they've been preaching for years, they're older than me, they know more than me, but what they did, something in here, being a fool. How many things have you gone into? In here, you are not comfortable. The anointing in you is trying to point you I mean, we hear these stories all over the world. How ministers of the gospel has abused people, rubbing oil on them, telling them to get naked, saying that they're anointing them. And you see the, the victims afterwards, because they were young in the Lord. They didn't know. They were doing what the man of God says. But they say at the same time, I was not comfortable. It's the anointing inside. Trying to warn you. Don't do this. You may not know the verse yet. You may not know the scripture yet. But that anointing in you is, is, is are, are you there, Bazalwan? So the anointing in you will try to talk to you. Teaches you to abide in Christ. It teaches you by giving you an inward witness. Number two, the anointing will all inside of you will also lead you to freedom. It won't lead you to practices that are going to bring bondage. Where you must do this, where it's a All of a sudden, now you are in big bondage. You must put this over here, this head. Oh! If in your worship of God, you end up being in bondage, eh, you need to examine it. Now, by freedom in God, we are not implying we don't walk according to the word of God. That's not what I'm talking about. But you can get yourself into such bondage by certain things and certain practices. The third thing is that the anointing in you will remind you of the word. Jesus said it in John chapter 14. He says, but the Holy Spirit, the helper, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and he will bring to remembrance what you've said. That's why you need to build a relationship with God's word in your life. Read it. Familiarize yourself with the word. Read it. Study the word. Because at a certain point, when you are going into certain things, the spirit of God will bring to remembrance a verse. He will remind you because remember, the Holy Spirit works with the word of God. I get concerned when people are led by the spirit. Mara, when you see what they are being liable to do, you can't trace it in the Bible. No way the Holy Spirit can liable you to divorce your wife or your husband. No way. No way the Holy Spirit can liable you to divide a church. 
No way. The Holy Spirit will never do that. Because in the word he's already said that. Oh, I see you. I don't want to say amen now. So the Holy Spirit. That's the that. Number four. The fourth thing he'll do. He will prick your conscience. Where you feel on the inside that your conscience is not free. You have a discomfort. Paul talked a lot about conscience. But remember, it's not just conscience on its own. It's it's the fact that he already has a lot of God's word inside of him. And the word of God inside of him works hand in hand with his conscience. Listen to what Paul says. In Acts 23, verse 1 and 2. Verse 1, it says, but Paul looking earnestly at the council, he says, men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. If let's don't. If your conscience is bothering you about something, don't. I mean, this Christian brother older, he would do the four-letter word jokes. So, you know, because you want to try it, and I tried it one day, and in yeah, hey. Ah. It's like using some of these expressions, you know, hell, dawn. Oh, you know, sometimes we, what the hell is going on? I'm just saying that. I don't talk like that. You know, well, you know, this, this, this language that's bothering, it's, it's, it's kind of bordering on vulgarity. It's not really vulgar, Mara. It's almost vulgar. And when you say that in here, you can hear or know. This, this is not this is how a Christian must talk. Yeah, your amens are very fast. A few and a para para like Mar. Scattered thunder amens. In Acts 24, 16, Paul says, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. A conscience without offense towards God and men. I'm talking about the spirit in us. The Holy Spirit who abides in us. The spirit within us. The spirit who tries to help us. Have a conscience that doesn't bother you. Romans 9 verse 1. Paul says, I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm not lying. My conscience is, is even when I say, there's nothing in here. And even the Holy Spirit testifies with what you're saying is true. There comes a day, Bazalana, when we're all going to stand before God. I'm telling you. We'll give an account for our lives. And everything will be revealed. All the private scheming, the hiding, the lying, the agendas that are under the carpet, there comes a day when truth will be known. We owe it to ourselves to live in the right way. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he reap. So let's allow the spirit within us to guide us. For those of you watching, even here in church, maybe the spirit in you is talking to you about your life. Committing your life 
to Jesus Christ, that he should come in and be the Savior and the Lord of your life. That's what God is talking to you about. Don't dismiss it. Don't act like you don't know what God's talking about. Don't act like, oh, all right. You know you are not okay. You know your life is not committed to Christ. Will you join me this morning as we pray together and give your life to Christ? If you are here in the auditorium and you want to give your life to Christ, would you raise your hand, please, and join us in this prayer? Now, and everybody to join us in prayer in the overflow halls, in the different churches, people on Soweto TV, people on Facebook, people on YouTube, people on the church website. Please don't delay. This is your time. Follow me in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, make me a child of God. Change me now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can call the number that you see on the screen right now. They are ready to pray with you over here at the church. Get your life right. And as a child of God who's already born again, why don't you come before God and ask that blood of Jesus to cleanse us? The Bible says when we walk in the light and we walk in the truth and we walk in his word, it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all manner of sins. Like when you're walking down the road, your shoes get dusty. As we walk our Christian life, our shoes get dusty. And we now and then need to clean them. And how do we do it? By walking in the truth of God's word, committing to live by God's word. And as we walk in the truth, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Don't walk around with things in your life that you're not quite comfortable with. Things that you have to hide to do them. You have to lie to explain them. You have to try and remember what you said last time to cover up. That's a life of bondage. But there's a life of freedom. And God gives us the chance to come before him and say, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's stand together and just pray. Everybody just pray before the Lord and just commit your life to the Lord as the musicians are singing a song for us. Commit your life to God right now. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Follow me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a forgiving God. I bring my life before you. Everything that I've done, contrary to your will and your purpose, forgive me now, I pray. Cleanse me through your blood. In Jesus' name, I will obey. I will be sensitive to the spirit within that I may know Christ more and live in the fullness of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Give the Lord a big hand of praise as the musicians lead us.